Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. My name is Morgan, and I'm really glad that you're here tonight. And I'm actually really excited about what we're going to talk about. Um, it's something that has changed my life and helped my life. So tonight we want to talk about how to handle life without being overwhelmed. That is a very long title. If you would like to shorten it slightly, you can call it HGHLWBO. It's only a little bit shorter and it's harder to remember, so I would stick with the long one. But how to handle life without being overwhelmed. So this tonight is going to speak to anxiety and it's going to speak to depression and it's going to speak to those feelings of being overwhelmed that we all feel from time to time. Uh, But one thing that's so important to keep in mind is that there are answers to these things and I don't want to knock this over so you can excuse me for just a second. There are answers to these feelings. You weren't made to go through life overwhelmed. You weren't made to go through life depressed. You weren't made to go through life anxious. So I'm not criticizing you if you experience any of those things because actually every single one of us in the room has experienced those things, but I want to teach you tonight how to live life without those things because it is possible. And a lot of you know my story in here tonight. I think I've had anxiety since forever, but it didn't become, um, I guess, debilitating till I was in college. And it wasn't fully debilitating, but anxiety and depression did influence every single area of my life. There wasn't one thing I was doing that was unaffected by that. And I struggled with this for years. And so what I'm going to tell you tonight is how I overcame that through the Word of God, through the help of the Holy Spirit. But I also want to encourage you tonight, listen, I, there is a way out, and it's easier than you think. Okay, there's a way out and it's easier than you think. But I'm going to clarify, that doesn't mean everything's going to change for you overnight. A lot of my um, sources of anxiety and depression were from habits that I had built for years. I had let those things run my life and run my mind for years. So these things have a 100% success rate of working that I want to talk to you about tonight. But that doesn't mean your life will change overnight. Here's how it happened for me. When I began to do these things, I started noticing a difference immediately. I started getting better immediately. I started struggling less immediately. But it wasn't all fixed overnight. Here's what happened. I just decided I was going to do the right things every day. And over time, suddenly I found that I didn't struggle anymore. And here's the amazing part. Now, when those things try to come back... I'm able to deal with them so quickly and so easily because I know how to stay with it and I've practiced how to overcome those things. So I don't mean to oversimplify or make this sound like a magic cure for anxiety or depression or being overwhelmed, but we can trust the word of God and it really works. So you will see the results that you want if you'll do these things, but sometimes it takes time. When you are used to living one way and used to thinking one way, it can take a little bit of time to change the way that you're doing things. The Bible calls this renewing our mind. It just means we change the way we think so that it matches what the Word of God says. I, just this last like month, have felt uh, more overwhelmed and more stressed than I have time. (laughs) A very long time. Uh, I was having symptoms I hadn't had in a long time. I was having migraines weekly. I was not sleeping well, which is a very big indicator that I'm not doing good because I could sleep through anything, anywhere. So as soon as I start not sleeping good, I know it's time to change some things. Uh, But the amazing thing is, (laughs) as soon as I kind of recognized that I wasn't doing so well, 
I was able to stop and say, okay, I know that this isn't God's fault. I know that he has all the help in the world available to me. So what do I need to change to address these issues that have popped back up? As soon as I took inventory and made those changes, I was so much better within like 24 hours, okay? Again, I'm not trying to make this sound like some kind of a magic pill, but I promise the instruction from the word of God will work. And the more you do it, the better you get at doing it. I've been doing it for a long time now. That's why I can turn things around in like 24 hours with the help of God just by doing the right things. I let it drag on way longer than I needed to. I had a really rough month, and then one day I was like, you know what? This really got out of control. Like, why am I doing this? Let me go back and do what I know to do and pray about it, and let's change this. And all of that changed because I responded to the word of God. So would you like to know the things that I do when life gets overwhelming? The first thing is to fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's just three things, and they're simple tonight. We're going to look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and it says this. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Listen, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. But I love that we see here Jesus endured. Jesus was able to last through his life through some very hard things. If there was anyone who lived a life that was stressful and could be overwhelming, it was Jesus. Think of it. People were asking and demanding him for things like all the time. People were literally following him around because he was kind of a celebrity. Um, people were, were asking for healing, asking for help all the time. Then there was a whole separate group of people who just hated him and talked bad about him all the time and were trying to kill him and were trying to get him arrested. These were huge situations. When you really start to think of what your life would be like if you were famous and people were asking you for things all the time and also a bunch of people hated you and wanted to kill you, that's kind of stressful and overwhelming. On top of it all, he was assigned to save the world and die for our sins. No big deal. And he also had to be sinless. This is like a lot of overwhelming factors. Any one of these things would have been extremely overwhelming and stressful for me. But what I can see is that we're safe to look at the example of Jesus because he knows exactly what we're dealing with. He knows what it's like to have circumstances that make you want to be overwhelmed. He knows what it's like for there to be a lot of pressure and a lot of demand on you. He knows what it's like to be in situations that are high anxiety. He knows what it feels like to want to be depressed and to be overwhelmed and weighed down by everything going on in life. We serve a God who knows exactly how we're feeling because he did it. But yet he did it in a way saying, listen, it says this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He endured the really hard thing that was brought into his life and disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in a place of honor. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So a super huge key to avoiding feelings of being overwhelmed, being depressed, being anxious, is to fix your eyes on Jesus. Every time that I'm overwhelmed and anxious and depressed, I am not focused on Jesus. I'm focused on myself. 
I'm focused on what's going on in my life. I'm focused on other people. And all of those are very legitimate and valid things, right? We're humans living in a human world. So we're going to have to deal with ourselves and other people forever. But the Bible is instructing us, hey, listen, if you want to be able to endure things without giving up, Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I was overwhelmed and anxious this last month because I was thinking about everything I needed to get done and all the demands on me and all the people who needed my time and energy and all the things that I had to do. Jesus was not in the mix. I was talking to him, but I wasn't fixing my eyes on him. I was reading my Bible, but I wasn't fixing my eyes on him. I was going to church, but I wasn't fixing my eyes on him. On him. When you turn your eyes on Jesus, he becomes bigger than everything else. And you're also reminded that you have help. How can I look at Jesus and fix my eyes on him and turn around and feel alone and helpless? Can't do it. When your eyes are fixed on Jesus, you're reminded of all the help that's available to you. And listen, keeping your eyes on Jesus will allow you to endure anything. Keeping your eyes on Jesus will allow you to endure anything. I can't stand up here and say that life will be easy or that everything will work out or there won't be devastating things that happen. But I can say that we can go through those things with hope. We can go through those things with joy. And we can go through those things with all the help and answers that we need because we fix our eyes on Jesus. Keeping your eyes on anything else will make you want to give up. Will make you want to give up. Will make you want to stay in bed. We'll make you want to skip everything. We'll make you want to be withdrawn and be alone. We'll make you want to self-harm. We'll make you want to turn to destructive things to feel better. Keeping your eyes on Jesus is the way to deal with over life, or excuse me, with life without being overwhelmed. So really practically, how do I put my eyes on Jesus? One of the biggest things that helps me keep my eyes fixed on Jesus is to talk to him as much as possible. You think about the person that you're talking to, Right? Whether it's your friend, whether it's somebody you're interested in, whatever. We're thinking about the people that we talk to all day long. One thing that I was neglecting was prayer throughout my day. Praying in the morning is awesome. Praying in the night is great. But prayer constantly throughout my day is what keeps my eyes fixed on Jesus. I can read my Bible in the morning, and I can close it, and I can go to work, and I cannot think about that the entire rest of the day, right? I cannot look at Jesus the entire day. I cannot think about Jesus the entire day. I cannot talk to Jesus the entire day. So reading my Bible isn't enough for me. Listening to worship in the car, it's not enough for me. That's great when I'm in my car. That doesn't help when I'm at work, right? That doesn't help when we're at school. That doesn't help with stressful family situations. So those things are important, but the number one thing that helps me keep my heart and my eyes on Jesus is talking to him throughout the day. And I love that the Bible reminds us you can talk to Jesus about anything. If you heard my prayers, they're mostly boring, mostly comical, and mostly pretty selfish because I'm just telling him how I feel. <laughs> I need to grow in that so that I'm not always saying selfish prayers. But we have a God we can talk to about anything. So prayer is not something where it's like you have to go off and be alone and find this time and think of something to say and pray something good. No, prayer looks like this. Oh, God, I'm really tired today. I ask you to give me strength. Right now, I thank you that I'm alive. I thank you that I have so much to be grateful for. I thank you for the job I'm driving to right now. I thank you for my coworkers that I'm about to see. I ask you to use me today, Father. I want to hear from you today, and I want to minister for you today. So what can I do for you today? And then on my lunch break, it might look like, Father, thank you for giving me peace today. 
Thank you for helping me be kind today. Thank you for helping me show your love to other people today. When I'm sitting at my desk and I'm feeling frustrated and I get irritated about something, it might sound like this. Father, I forgive them. I'm not going to be irritated about that. I'm not going to hold that against them. I'm going to let it go. I forgive everyone of everything and it's done. In Jesus' name, amen. Those little prayers that seem silly and that no one else in the room cares about, they keep my eyes on Jesus all day long. Talk to him about anything. Talk to him about your teacher you're irritated at. Talk to him about the person who just said something mean to you in the bathroom. Talk to him about the pressure you feel. Talk to him about it all because talking to him will keep our heart and our mind on him. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Second thing, talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. 2 Corinthians 3, or excuse me, 10, 3 through 4 says this. We're human and we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. That's a very wordy, wordy passage here, but I want to bring out to you, it says this. Listen, we use God's mighty weapons. We use God's mighty weapons. There are two weapons that God gave you I want to talk about real quick. It is his word and your words. God gave you two weapons. It's his word and your words. You've got to talk to yourself. When your mind is talking really loud, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of depression, thoughts of self-hate, thoughts of self-worth you know, issues, thoughts of just anxiety about your family and about your friends and what's going on at your school, you've got to talk back. The things that you don't answer in your mind will stay in your mind. The things that you don't answer in your mind will grow in your mind. So you have got to start talking to yourself. God gave you his word and he gave you your words. The Bible says that we can speak to things and they can change. The Bible uses a really extreme example. It says if you speak to a mountain and tell a mountain to jump into the sea and you have faith and you don't doubt in your heart, then it's going to happen. I've never tried that, okay? But what I have done a million times is I've spoken to my mind. I have spoken to my anxiety. I have spoken to my depression. I have spoken to those feelings of being overwhelmed. And when I speak God's word with my words, I answer those things. Because God has given us answers. There's answers to depression and anxiety and being overwhelmed. There's answers to a racing mind that you can't turn off. It's in your mouth. Open your mouth and put God's word in your words to speak to those things. This is what it looks like really practically. When my mind is racing and it feels out of control, I recognize something. I'm in charge of my mind. It might feel like it's out of control, but it is within my control to answer it and speak. So it would look something like this. God, right now I'm feeling really overwhelmed, but I know that your word says you are my peace. You are personally my peace, and your peace guards my heart and my mind in Jesus. So right now I speak peace to my mind. I tell those thoughts of anxiety to stop. I tell those thoughts of depression to stop. I speak to those overwhelmed feelings and say that God's peace is guarding my heart and my mind. It's that simple. People want to act like they think it's crazy, but those same people will do their affirmations in the mirror every day, right? And to manifest things. Why does it work? Because you are in charge of your mind and you can speak to yourself. It's a biblical principle. Answer things with the word of God. If I'm struggling with depression, I will find Bible verses on joy. So when I start to feel depressed, I will open my mouth, I will speak to myself in my mind, and I will say, listen, 
The joy of the Lord is my strength. So today I'm going to be joyful. Today because of what Jesus did for me, I don't have to be depressed. I receive your joy, Father, and I ask you for that right now. I ask for your help. I thank you that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and he gives me joy, that I have strength to make it through every day, that your joy is the strength of my life. When you answer things, then you're addressing them. When you keep your mouth closed, those things that go unanswered just grow. And I understand when you're saying, Morgan, but it feels like it's out of control and it feels like I can't control it. I know that feeling because I've been there, but just because you feel that way, it doesn't make it true. The Bible says that you are in control of your mind. It calls it self-control. You have self-control, so I can take control of my mind. And again, that doesn't mean I'm going to fix everything in 30 seconds, but trust me, I've been through days where I've said stuff to my mind all day long. Father, I thank you for peace right now. I receive peace. I tell my mind to be peaceful. Father, I thank you for joy right now. I speak to my mind and I'm saying we're going to be joyful today. Speaking to yourself is answering those things that are talking to you. Think of it this way. If somebody is literally standing in front of you, like talking to you, getting on your nerves, you're going to say something, right? Treat your mind the same way. Treat your mind the same way. When it starts talking, say something back if it's not being helpful. If it's saying things that are against what the word of God says, talk back and answer it because it will listen to you. It is your mind. It is not out of control. It's your mind. And I love you guys, so don't take this as like criticism. I don't mean to sound harsh, but I really had to get a hold of myself and stop letting myself believe, well, this it's just out of control. I can't control it. Even though that felt true, it wasn't true. I was just laying there not answering those things. I was keeping my mouth quiet. And it's important to remember you cannot change your thoughts with other thoughts. It doesn't work because we've all tried it, right? We're thinking about something. We try to change what we're thinking about. It works for probably like three seconds, and then we're just back, right? You don't change your thoughts with thoughts. You change your thoughts with your words and with the word of God. So whatever you're struggling with, go to Google. Google scriptures on that thing and then start using those as answers. Put God's word in your word and speak back when your mind is talking. So talk to yourself. The last thing tonight is to do things that are good for you. Do things that are good for you. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I'm very mucusy. And I'm, I'm really sorry that you have to deal with that because <coughs> it's gross. <laughs> do things that are good for you. 1 Corinthians 10.23 says this. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And listen, during the times that I struggle with these things, even in the last month, when I was taking inventory of what was going on and assessing myself and saying, okay, why am I struggling so bad? I was doing things that weren't good for me, and I was not doing things that are good for me. This is a part that's really practical. Listen, so many of us want to... Um, you know, talk about how we don't feel good and stuff all the time, but then we only get like three hours of sleep and we just substitute coffee for water all day long, right? <laughs> uh, caffeine, caffeine, not hydration, just caffeine or, or whatever it is, you know, it's silly, but we're just doing things that aren't good for us in a really practical way. Are you getting enough sleep? You know who gets really anxious when they're sleep deprived? Me. You know who gets migraines when they're sleep deprived? Me. You know who's uh, not enjoying life and can feel depressed when they're sleep deprived? It's me. Get enough sleep. Um, you know who gets migraines when they don't drink a lot of water? Me. 
You know, does it feel good when they don't drink a lot of water? Me. But you know who sometimes doesn't drink a lot of water? Also me. Listen to this too. When you're anxious and depressed, the things that you feel like doing will only make you more anxious and depressed, right? What do we do when we feel anxious and depressed? We scroll social media, which statistically is not good for us. We don't have to look at the Bible for that. We can just Google some reports, right? Listen, you can Google things like, uh, what does sugar do to my brain and body? What does social media do to my brain and body? What does nine hours of Netflix do to my brain and body? What does pornography do to my brain and body? The things that we turn to when we're depressed and anxious are just making us more depressed and anxious. And then we want to be confused about like, well, I, I don't know, I've just been struggling for months. You're doing things that aren't good for you, and you're not doing the things that are good for you, right? We are the most indoors generation ever. This is even changed between you guys and me because we didn't have that much to do inside when I was a kid. I wasn't really that outdoorsy, but it was just boring inside, so I went outside because there were kids out there to play with, and it gave me something to do, right? We had an old school Nintendo, and then we also eventually had a Sega Genesis. But you had like three games for them. It just, after a while, it just wasn't that fun. Humans were kind of made to be outside, right? We need sunlight. We need fresh air. We need these things. You guys have so much to do indoors. And me too now. When I think back to when I was a kid, it was like, do you want to like do a puzzle or play outside? Who wants to do puzzles all day? No one. Who wants to play board games all day? No one. You can only do so much Hungry Hungry Hippo and Sorry. So we were just outside, right? But I'll spend weeks of my life indoors. Weeks of my life indoors. I'm doing things that are not good for me, and I'm not doing things that are good for me, right? When I'm depressed and when I'm anxious, I love to eat ice cream. I love to eat Kraft Mac and Cheese. I love to eat tumbleweed chimichangas. I low-key think I keep them in business because everyone thinks they hate tumbleweed. I get tumbleweed, like, carry out twice a week at least. At least. And that's on a good week. So if it's a bad week, we might be eating it more. We do things that are not good for us. Is ice cream good for my brain or body? No. Is a chimichanga good for my brain or body? Mostly no, right? When we have a headache, we're not feeling good, let me get a coffee, let me get a Coke, it'll make me feel better. Do you guys get the point? I could go on and on, but you've got to pay attention and say, am I doing things that are bad for me? And what am I doing that's good for me? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I drinking water? Am I going outside? Am I praying, right? Am I listening to worship music to create a peaceful atmosphere around me? Am I reading my Bible to actually get encouragement from God himself every day? Am I talking to the God who made me and the God who's ready to help me in any way that I need him to? What are we doing that's good for us and what are we doing that's bad for us? Are we isolating ourselves? Listen, this is one that I am very guilty of. I'm, I'm one, one of those extroverted introverts, or wh- however they say. So I'm very loud, and you would think I like to be with people all the time, but I actually like to be alone a lot. So then when you're anxious and depressed on top of it, you're even more withdrawn, right? And it's really easy to say, well, I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to take care of myself. But a lot of times the ways we take care of ourselves are things that hurt us, Right? What do we do on a self-care night? What do people do on a self-care night? Skincare, right, and baths. Okay, that's not harmful. But wine, alcohol, weed, Netflix, porn, uh, whatever. You know, it's like stuff that's not good. That's not self-care. That is self-harm, dear. (laughs) It's not good for you. So what am I doing that is good for me? 
what am I doing that's bad for me and what do I need to change? I had to be honest with myself this last month and say, you know what, you probably haven't gotten enough sleep like any night for the last four to five weeks. That's going to play into things. Uh, you've been not doing anything that you enjoy, and you've been just like working 24-7 for the last couple weeks. Okay, that will make you depressed and anxious. So stop doing things that are bad for you. Make sure you do things that are good for you. What hurts your mental health or what helps your mental health? We can all sit here and make lists. Every single one of us know the answers to those questions. But are we really making the right choices every day to choose the things that are good for us versus the things that aren't, Right? It's really practical, it's really easy, but listen, these three things are the way that I completely grew in my life, transformed to where anxiety and depression is not debilitating, it doesn't affect any area of my life, and when those things do pop up and try to get out of control again because of my choices and bad habits, I'm able to bring things back into order in a very short amount of time because I've practiced doing these things. And listen, you're not doing it on your own. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper, so ask him for help. Uh, It says that we are part of the body of Christ so that we can help each other. If you need some help with this, reach out to somebody in your church family. Let them talk to you. Again, I'm not saying that everything's going to change and be perfect overnight, but I'm saying that real help is available, and it is completely possible to live a life without being overwhelmed, without being depressed, and without being anxious. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.